Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow is underway on this Wednesday edition. Glad you're with us here on the Outkick Network. It includes our YouTube channel where you can search out Outkick. We hope you go there. Subscribe. Join Chad in the chats. We stream live each and every day, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. On this great radio partner, we say thank you as well. Jam-packed show from 6th and Peabody with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Former NFL tight end, longtime veteran in the NFL. Clay Harbor will join us in 20 minutes. Trade deadline is coming up later this month. Running backs could be on the move and much more. There's a corner who is on the move back to his original team. Uh, Clay joins us in 20 minutes. Primary complaint always within the first hour of the Wednesday shows. Clay Travis also on each and every Wednesday with us. He's in hour two today. And then we get into the very latest around the Chicago Bears, the craziness with Justin Fields and why we have not seen him continue the staircase climb and instead going the opposite direction. Uh, David Kaplan will join a Chicago radio host at the uh, beginning of hour number three, followed by Ryan Spader, uh, longtime Major League Baseball analyst, uh, longtime baseball historian and, and stats guru. will get his take on uh, the postseason, plus uh, the latest with Trevor Bauer. Chad, it is good to be back. Good afternoon. Hutton, it is good to have you back. You were missed. Uh, I certainly missed you. And um, missed it's you good well. to see your uh, beautiful bearded face back with us Thanks here today. Thanks for holding it down for me. We've got uh, – it was, it was fun. It's fun. I, I felt a little detached from the YouTube chat. You know, ho- yeah. hosting, it was a little bit different in the YouTube chat, a little hosting, less interaction. Tweeting. yeah. But other than that, uh, we had fun. Great job by our crew here in Nashville throughout. Always. They're always doing a terrific job. Uh, Davey Hudson did a nice job filling in uh, for a number of segments as well. Good guest list. That good guest list continues today, Hutton. I'm excited about today's show. And uh, you haven't even had a chance to react to all the Trevor Bauer news that you were all over. Jonathan Hutton, by the way, was the first ever subscriber to the Trevor Bauer, uh, what was it, a YouTube show? It was the vlog. The vlog. So it was a yeah. vlog that he did on YouTube, right? Is how you would watch yeah, it? Yeah, but he would just, uh, that's why he, he rubbed teammates the wrong way anywhere he was, because some didn't want the cameras, his phone rolling or his, his video camera rolling behind the scenes in the clubhouse. But he took fans behind the scenes. But you were Major enthralled by this thing. You, you were coming to well, me saying, you have to watch this. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, it, it, it is. It was because this Major is League pre sexual baseball, assault allegation, of, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, yes. But like the the inside, the inside baseball uh, lingo and all of the the, the behind the scenes chats and uh, just the day to day operations of what he would do to get ready for you know every fifth day being ready to hit the mound, uh, plus just if he got fined he opened up the letter live and uh, live to tape and then read it and showed you you know and put cleats on that he was going to be fined for and said that or. Uh, just uh, literally anything, and it, I, I was—I loved it, Chad, because it was NFL films type behind-the-scenes stuff that Major League Baseball just doesn't do and should be doing. That—that's yeah. why I was a fan of it. And I—I I mean, I 
Loved watching Bauer on the mound because it was progressing almost like a reality show. Uh, this has turned into that as we hit the top headlines of the day on Hot Mike with Honey Withrow with Trevor Bauer. So basically, uh, we, we know the, the details, Chad. I know you played the audio from uh, the video that he put out um, where it shows text messages between him and, and Lindsey Hill. Uh, the accuser. Well, and most of them are actually text messages between her and, and a friend. But yeah, 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 different friends that she was texting and, with, uh, trying to extort him for as much money as possible. And a, a video that she took in bed the morning after, showing him asleep and her with no visible signs of any injuries uh, on her face. And it, she has recently responded to everything that, well, not everything that Bauer put out in this video on his own, uh, but did have like a, a crazy surprise impromptu interview and chat with uh, Alex Stein, primetime with Alex Stein, where she tries to defend herself but doesn't do it very well, uh, mentions the lighting issues for the, the, the bedroom not showing any blemishes, and more or less comes across as doing nothing but trying to extort a very wealthy baseball player in all of this crazy story top to bottom um and you know that the permanent restraining order was denied meaning that she she couldn't move uh if if she could not prove that she was in danger and now bowers proving that the text messages will show that in fact no one was in danger it was simply trying to get the most money possible yeah she went on uh, the show with alex stein last night to respond to that that four minute video from trevor bauer she says it was taken out of context, that she has a crude sense of humor, that her friends know her that, that way. She was being sarcastic. Yes, she has a history with other Major League Baseball players. So when she's talking about you know sinking her, her teeth or her grips into the player, she's joking about her history with that. Um, be that as it may, you can believe her or not, we all have you know crude jokes with friends, I'm sure, that we wouldn't want posted. It does not look good. Uh, for Lindsey Hill, especially the video that was posted. The thing that I keep coming back to is if you were truly sexually assaulted, like you claim and you sue, and then there's a, there's actually the lawsuit from the reason Trevor Bauer stated that he sued her was to go to discovery because he knew there would be text messages that would exonerate him from all of this. So he was going to fight the good fight, however long it took and not pay her a dime. Hutton to me, the fact that she settled, for zero money in all of this, and and he was allowed to tell right. his story and do this, tells me she didn't have much of a case. And in fact, odds are she probably made this up. And that's what, even on this, this Stein show, there was um, a sexual assault survivor who was blaming her, saying this makes it more difficult for other women who are legitimately in danger yeah. or have had something happen to them with what you're doing. Now, Hill goes on to say... She did this and settled to step back, quote, step back and finally close this chapter of my life and let karma do the rest. She said, I just didn't know that it would reach this level of hate for me with a lot of people not asking questions or asking about the MLB arbitrator's ruling. The MLB investigation that initially lasted 10 months dealt with several different women, several different accusations. So I was not the only case that was presented in that. Quote, in this four-minute video, the amount that is missing, sometimes I just want to scream. Have y'all not been paying attention to what's come out the last two and a half years? 
That was from Hill in response well, from her to phone? what Trevor Bauer that released. Would be my response uh, from your phone, because if you're saying that he picked out two or three things to show us shit, the rest, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And they've been hesitant and slow to turn over any of these. And you mentioned uh, Sarah Fields, uh, the sur- uh, survivor of domestic abuse, who was one of Stein's guests, uh, put the most pressure on Lindsey Hill during this. Uh, I. I she says, I don't have a whole lot of questions. The text messages are incredibly concerning. It doesn't seem like something that should be joked about. I'm not going to sit here and call you a liar because I don't think that that would be appropriate. But what I will say is if anybody ever accuses someone of something so horrific and it's not actually true, that would be the most disgusting thing. This man's career has been potentially and completely destroyed. His future has been completely stained. That bothers me as someone who's a domestic violence victim myself. I was myself accused of something I did not do, and that was horrific in itself. It caused trauma and PTSD, not just to me, but my entire family. And uh, she goes on to say, uh, not telling the truth because they're putting money over life belongs in a jail cell next to my ex-husband, end quote. Yeah, and it does look like he'll put money over a lot. Knowing his net worth, talking about that, um, how much, you know, her friend saying you need to secure that bag. All those different things. She also blames the lack of bruises and scratches on her face the next morning to bad lighting right, in the yeah. video. Saying, quote, that video was taken with no lights on in the room on Snapchat. It was taken and saved to the app. So a lot of differences between natural light and all that stuff. Any normal person can see that bruises will take well, time. That video was taken four hours after everything happened. I said this straight in my deposition. If you zoom in, the scratches are all there. You can't see if there's a shadow on my face. Well, That's go, from Hill. And going back to just the, hey, he, he's picking out two or three things here. Uh, you settled this for no money. You know, you're getting your yeah. insurance policy, and that's it. Yeah, she said she wants Carmen to take over now. But it's just, it, it's sad that this can go on for two and a half years. And two years later, Bauer can say, I, I can finally post this and show uh, exactly what was going on, which was nothing in, res- in, in regards to uh, the, the assault, and prove it based on her comments through texts and another video that was... Uh, that he can reference and chat it all the while he's not in major league baseball he's pitching in japan and he's the the outcast of the league the dodgers booted him and then went after the remaining money that was on his contract after the the fully guaranteed money that he got up front for services or the signing bonus or whatever it was it turns out like you know no one wanted to mention his name you couldn't speak the name trevor bauer and now all of a sudden, the person that uh, should be treated that way is Lindsey Hill. Well, and we're going to have Ryan Spader on later. And I know he was sort of on a crusade on social media yesterday to get people like Molly Knight, who's named in this lawsuit with The Athletic, who no longer works there. Other people who basically said Trevor Bauer was absolutely guilty before any facts came out. Um, he wants them to apologize or to say that they were wrong in saying that. It's not going to happen because then they're liable. We're not going to hear a word from Major League Baseball or the Dodgers on this. They're not going to come out and apologize to Trevor Bauer because then they might be owing some money to Trevor Bauer or be liable to a lawsuit from Trevor Bauer. So 
Look, I, unfortunately, what the right thing to do is if you just said, hey, this guy's absolutely guilty. And he got money back. And now it's pretty clear he's not. Based on that suspension. Yeah, then you should be able to come out and say, hey, I was wrong. I want to recount this and then say, recant this and then say, yeah. this is what happened. Um, but that's not going to happen. It's not because people don't want to be liable for anything. And this is a situation that could continue to be very litigious moving forward with Trevor Bauer. And on top of all this, I hope he gets another chance. There's sure. now actual baseball stories out there about he, different teams that could use Trevor Bauer. Well, he's winning the Cy Young and then signs with L.A. And soon after that, all of this surfaces. And he's put on indefinite suspension through the commissioner of baseball yep. and now pitching in Japan. And that was it. Well, and look, if this is – if it can be proven that she – Without a doubt, just like I want everyone to, you know, face a, the the facts and a trial if need be and all that, she's allowed that as well. But if it can be proven in any way further than this, that she made this up to get money from him, to extort him, to do any of that, I hope she goes to jail if it's yeah, proven. And, and that should be the case for everyone that does this. Yeah. Because for, for those small instances and occurrences, it goes back to what Sarah Fields was saying as the guest of Alex Stein and telling her in the question, like you don't want to call anyone a liar, but I'm sitting up here as a survivor of domestic violence and assault. And meanwhile, these uh, it seems false, false accusations. And it makes everyone else, you know, either not pay enough attention moving forward because of instances like this, or not take it as serious as we should because of instances like this. Yeah. Instead of, instead of just immediately ousting someone and proclaiming them guilty until they can prove their innocence, it should be the other way around. Absolutely. And look, I, I said this yesterday, you know, that's, <clears throat> she's now acknowledging those were her texts. But when that first comes out, I, I, I'm learning my lesson, we all are as we go, that in a deep fake world where people can post yep. fake videos of Brian Ferentz of what he's saying and people can buy it, as real. That's a great point. I, I don't know that that's her in those texts. It's not saying this is her phone number. This is absolutely her, her text when he's showing that video. So I made a, a point to say, look, this looks bad for Hill, but I don't know that what Trevor Bauer is showing 100% without a doubt is a text from her. Now, she admits to it on this show that she sent those things, but it was more locker room talk and not extortion. So we know now that that was her, but... There's a lot of lessons to be learned from all of this. And I also hate the fact that if she's lying, which it certainly looks like she is, based on her communication and her settling for no money, that this makes it harder for actual victims to come forward. Well, yes. Because absolutely, this is a high-profile case and of a woman uh, uh, looking like she's trying to get money and lie about a man who didn't do anything wrong that we can see. That's bad. And, and it makes it harder for actual victims moving forward. And I hate that part of the story, yeah, too. Same. Absolutely. Chad, uh, the weekly appearance or the sometimes weekly appearance, whenever Aaron Rodgers wants to make it. Uh, it was a, a Aaron Rodgers Tuesday uh, yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. And Rodgers came on and recapped the Jets and a Chiefs Sunday night football matchup and discussed Travis Kelsey with a nickname. I didn't have a crazy game, and uh, you know, Mr. Pfizer, we kind of shut him down a little bit. He didn't have, you know, his like crazy impact game. Obviously, he had you know some yards and stuff, but I felt like for the most part, you know, we played really tough on defense, especially the last three quarters.
There's Aaron Rodgers, who's been the most uh, anti-vax and outspoken player in the league about this over the last couple of years, um, pointing out and calling him Mr. Pfizer, the uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, who's on the Pfizer ads in the ad campaign, the push for another COVID booster. Um, as many, there are several in local markets, NFL vets who are doing this for the teams uh, that they played for, uh, pushing that narrative. Uh, and it's also, by the way, on ESPN oh. with Pat McAfee, and that show is on a delay based on language and you know and they allowed F-bombs, it and they allowed it. And uh, that's, that's Pat the big McAfee left. Pat McAfee, I'm watching the video and he's cracking oh. up. As he hears that, and which AJ is funny Hawk to me, immediately is losing is it too. Shortling like Vern yeah. Lundquist in the video, they're so excited. Now, here's the obvious thing that's the comeback that I've seen from a lot of people on the Vax side, on the Pfizer side, yeah. that are saying, "Dude, you're taking 37 million dollars from Johnson and Johnson. That's the sure. owner of the New York Jets. So where do you think that money's coming from?" Uh, speaking of vaccinations. They also had a COVID-19 vax. Now, the difference is he's not out endorsing the Johnson & Johnson vax. He's taking a paycheck from the owner of the New York Jets that happens to be in that family. But Every, Everyone's know, a, hypocritical in some way. Hey, solid comeback. Bravo. Yeah. Solid comeback. Clay Good Harbor job. is next. NFL discussion. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Switching gears and uh, talking some NFL headlines on the field and off, for that matter. Clay Harbor joins us, former NFL tight end, uh, NFL vet, and now NFL analyst. Clay, uh, uh, great to have you on the show, man. Hope things are well. Oh, things are great, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, so d- during the break, Chad, we have a, a screen here in in studio, and uh, those that have not seen Clay play definitely recognized him from the reality TV uh, star that he became uh, post career. Right? I mean, I feel like you know what it does to the Q score uh, when you go on the Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. It has to skyrocket, right? With with familiarity from people that maybe didn't follow your playing career that immediately recognize you from that. Did that skyrocket for you, Clay? No, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, people are like, wow, you're that guy, that that guy. I'm like, yeah, you know, I played in the NFL for, you know, almost a decade. They're like, no, no, the guy from The Bachelor. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was me too. So it's pretty funny that you go on, a, you know, a season of The Bachelor versus, you know, have a career in the NFL and you're the guy from The Bachelor. I always <laughs> thought that was pretty funny how that worked out. How often do you get you look like someone? From people oh that they're trying gosh. to put their, they just can't quite figure out. Like you look like someone. You're a tall guy. You're fit, good-looking dude, and they're looking at you like I've seen you on something. What is it? And how awkward is it to respond to someone and have to tell them how they know you? 
Oh man, I don't know if you've if you've been a fly on the wall with like some of these conversations, but you, I mean, you really, you know, it hit the nail on the head there. It's like, wait, I, I know you from so. Where, how do I know you? And I'm I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I just have one of those faces. I think, you know, I don't know how you know me. Like, wait, no, I know how you know I, how I know you. And then some people actually do um, know you, and they're just trying to use it as like a conversation starter or something. Oh, there's some funny pictures left to tell my buddies. They got uh, got some FaceTime out here, but it's always an interesting combo for sure. Clay Harbor, our guest, NFL analyst on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Um, so you were uh, playing right in the middle of the tight end era where it the, the, the exploded in terms of production, treated more like a wide receiver instead of the inline blocker. Uh, and that was happening when it, just prior to you being drafted in, what, 2010, I believe. Um who is the best tight end right now in the NFL? Well, I would have to say it's uh, Travis uh, Swift. I, yeah, excuse me, yeah, Travis right. Kelsey. <laughs> Travis Kelsey there. I mean, after Kels, you know, if you want a real true tight end, I mean, I love Kels. I think he's one of the, the best receiving weapons. He doesn't have to block because he is that good in the past game. But, I mean, he doesn't block very much. And if he does, he might give you a half a second or so. But yeah. I like Kittle. Kittle's a guy that does both. He's a guy that can get it done in the, in the blocking game, you know, as well as receiving in the past few years, Dallas Goddard, he's off to a slow start this year. He's only got like 80, 80 yards on the season. And they really haven't been getting him the ball in Philly, but uh, those are, those are some of my favorite guys, even Mark Andrews, you know, he's a guy that has off to a slow start as well. But uh, you know, typically those are the, the tight ends that I like and have consistently done it year in year out even a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who, uh, who does both, you know, he gives effort in the run game and I'm a little bit of a traditionalist. If you're a tight end, I think you should block too. Uh, but uh, you know, I think that the, those that catch the ball really well, like it because they're paid better, right? Like that's the, at least that's the idea, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm curious though, the fact that Kelsey is number one and he's 33 years old in a league that is constantly trying to get younger and he remains the top tight end means what to you? It means he's got a heck of a head coach and a heck of a quarterback, man. I mean, this guy's just, he's got a quarterback that looks for him. They've said, Hey, we're going to keep these two guys together. Patrick Mahomes is a guy that that's able to create some space, create some time and to really get the ball down the field when he needs to. And I mean, you saw it in the, in the, uh, in the playoffs a couple of years ago, last few years, I mean, Kelsey in the super bowl had a hundred yards and a touchdown. I mean, this guy is just really good. And him and Kelsey look to each other all the time. I mean, you know, you look, you listen to some of the post game shows, Kelsey, when he scored a touchdown against the bears, he's not even running the route he's supposed to. Yeah. He just went to a spot. He saw was open and Mahomes threw him the ball. A guy like me tries to do that and messes up. You are getting cut. You are getting benched, but Kelsey has the freedom to do that. And that's one of the reasons he's so good. It's it's hard to say uh, that a team that is undefeated is showing some cracks, but I watched Philadelphia and it doesn't quite feel the same as a year ago, but here they are undefeated right now. When you watch that Philly offense, is there something that's slightly off with that group this year as opposed to last season? They really haven't found an identity as an offense yet, which is, which is interesting. I think the first couple of weeks, these defensive coordinators have thought, you know, we're going to take away Devonte Smith and AJ Brown and, you know, make them figure out how to run the ball. They, they lost miles Sanders, but then you see Deandre Swift, 
Obviously, after the first week, he, he got like two or three touches. But DeAndre Swift, the past few weeks, has been great. Even last week, when he had 50 yards, he did score a touchdown. He had a big play at the end of that game, getting a first down late. Swift has really stepped up, and I know they haven't had the big numbers, even though Jalen Hurts did step up last week. Don't look now, but 150 yards, A.J. Brown, big day for Devontae Smith, threw a touchdown to A.J. Brown. He looked like the, he looked like the Jalen Hurts of old. So now you got Jalen Hurts coming back on, and now you got the running game that you know you can use with DeAndre Swift, who looks like a guy I used to play with named Shady McCoy. Mm-hmm. He, that's how good he's looking. And you, you put these two together, and I think we're going to be fine here in Philly. I think they're going to be able to push through that. The defense has some issues, get some of these defensive backs healthy, figure that out. But overall, I don't think they're as good as they were last year, but the D-line is going to be able to solve a lot of problems. And an offensive line is going to be able to solve a lot of problems. The game starts up front and they got the best offensive line and arguably the best defensive line in the league. And it, it takes some time with the coordinator changes too, right? Like it, same head coach, I get it, but that does take some time to gel. October is really the truth month for, for NFL teams. And uh, speaking of October, uh, towards the end of the month, the Eagles host the Dolphins. And that's a pivotal matchup for just what could potentially be a, a, a future rematch. We'll see. But the schedule for Philly sets up well for them. And it did a year ago as well. Yeah, I mean, you got Jalen Hurts versus Tua. You know, I yeah. mean, they were former teammates. Jalen Hurts got benched for Tua. That's always fun to watch to see the, <laughs> see the competitiveness there between both those guys. But, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely interesting. And I think the offensive coordinator, it does take time. But in this case, they're running the same system offensively and defensively. The calls are the same. So the only thing difference, only difference is for the players is, you know, maybe a play we call at a different time. Maybe it's not getting in as quickly. It's getting in later. But I don't think that has as much to do because you're not learning a full new system. They're running the same system. The verbiage is the same. Everything in the, in the huddle is the same. Your calls on the, on the offensive line are the same. So that shouldn't be an issue, especially for a team that has as many veterans as the Eagles do. So that's, that's not an excuse. I think maybe the, the excuses from what I've seen is you look at how these defensive coordinators have been playing them. They were taking away the pass game. He started running the ball. Now he said, Hey, we're not going to let them run for 150, 180 yards with Deandre Swift on us. And you see the passing game open up. So now they're going to start giving these defensive coordinator even more headaches. Clay Harbor, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Uh, last year, Deshaun Watson was not a team captain. This year, he is. He's got the C on the jersey. And uh, the, the storyline from the past weekend where he's got a banged-up shoulder, medically cleared to play, decides not to. What message does that send internally in a locker room where a guy that typically, if you're cleared to play and it's just a, a pain tolerance thing, guys will push through that and play. I'm thinking Joe Burrow, uh, for instance. What do you think's going on within the the Browns locker room for the guys that said, you know what, we're glad Watson's here compared to the fact that right before the game, the players thought he was going, he was cleared to go, and they end up with Thompson Robinson last minute as the backup starting. I mean, I feel for Thompson Robinson, a guy who doesn't think he's going to play. Obviously, you got to prepare like you're going to play every day. That's hard to you do. You know, that's something Nick Foles always tell a quick story about Nick Foles when um 
when I was in Philly, I remember uh, a week Michael Vick was a starting quarterback. We used to have these barbecues over at Selleck's house on Fridays. We get done with Friday practice early. I'd left my iPad in my tight end room. I go to Selleck's. We have the barbecue. I go home. I come back probably about four hours later to get my iPad that I had left in my room to download some plays, a tight end room. I walk in there. I hear somebody in the room. They all must be the janitor. So I'm opening up the door. It's Nick Foles. He's writing up plays on the wall, the coverages, you know, all the plays, everything, where, where he's going. No, Nick, what are you doing, man? You know, I just want to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm ready to go in case, you know, like Mike goes, oh, bro, you're not, you're not going to play. And, you know, Nick didn't play for the, that, I mean, pretty much the rest of that season. But you look at a guy like him when he did get his opportunity, when Carson Wentz went down several years later, he was able to win a Super Bowl and be a Super Bowl MVP and get paid. Obviously, his court, his, uh, his his career didn't turn out the way he wanted it to, but he still did get paid. and He still had a very successful career. I think that Deshaun Watson did probably lose some guys in that locker room. I'm not sure the the injury, but I mean, you know, if it was something that could possibly get worse, you want to see him be smart and get healthy. The team needs him, but as a football player. When you're in the moment, you want to see your guy play. You know, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to Watson, but if, if he's able to play, you want to see him play. You know, you think of Michael Jordan flu game, you know, Joe yeah. Burrow, you think of, I mean, you go back to to some of those. Or even in Joku, know, hey, uh, one of your other tight end with Burns on his face, he played. He played in the yeah. game. Yeah, you earn respect. If you want to win a locker room, if you want to earn some respect, you go out there and you play in those games. And I'm not sure of the severity. I'm not a doctor or anything like that. But if you have an opportunity to play, he could have really got some of his teammates on his side and really backing him if he goes out there and plays. Yeah, Matthew Stafford limping all over the place with the hip injury late in that game is another one, an older guy too. I love that story you bring up about Foles because personality doesn't really matter for a lot of players on a team, right? It doesn't matter for the defensive back if they're good at their job or the offensive guard. But personality absolutely matters for the quarterback. That's a position that's different and unique. Who was the most well-liked guy you can remember being around at that position? Not necessarily the best, but the guy you remember as one of the guy's guys that got along with people, that people and teammates wanted to play for more because – he was so well liked. At quarterback, you're saying? Yeah, at quarterback. Well, I didn't have a long time there, but I was there the whole off season and in you know five six games in the regular season before I got released and um, signed elsewhere. But I mean, Tom Brady, man. I mean, this guy was you know, you hear, you see, like how famous he is, how he's larger than life. And I remember the first day I walked into. Uh, Patriots camp. It was in OTAs. You know, I signed as a free agent, still the off season. And I'm, I'm all excited to get in there, you know, first day of work, you know, okay. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm excited. First person I see walking out the door while I'm walking in was Tom Brady. And I'm like, damn, like, why does it have to be, you know? And I'm just like, all right, do I say hi? Like, what do I, you know, I stop and I go, Hey man, nice to meet you. He goes, Clay, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we signed you. I'm a fan of your work. Looking forward to getting it after getting after with it this offseason with you and you know winning some games. Like, Thanks, man. I I appreciate that. You know, like Tom Brady knew who I was, a backup tight end. They'd already had uh Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett on the roster. They drafted a tight end, AJ Derby, Michael Williams, James Devlin, all these guys, fullback tight ends on the roster. I was just like, wow, like Tom, you know, took the time to get to know me, know who I was. And I thought that was really cool. 
And that's just the type of guy he was on the field. He's fiery. He's going to be cursing in seven on seven. If he, if he gets a ball batted by the, the, the kids holding the, the big tennis rackets, trying to bat the passes. If somebody runs around route, it's like, bro, it's OTA seven on seven. He treated every game, every practice, like it was a game, but in the locker room, the coolest guy respected everybody, knew everybody, didn't think he was above the game. And with a guy at that level who'd been in the league that long, that was really cool to see. And everybody loved Tom Brady in that locker room. Clay, final minute here. Clay Harbor, our guest. Uh, your short time in New England, how odd is it to see what's going on there now this season? Man, it's crazy because you never would have expected that because I remember when I was there, it was the deflate gate year. Yeah. And, and we had... Jimmy Garoppolo and then Jacoby percent. We still went three and one in that time. And I remember sitting at the locker room with James Devlin at a locks like, man, like, how are we still winning these games? You know, like, you know, Jacoby was a rookie, you know, we couldn't really throw the ball. all. we still beat the Texans when they were a pretty good team on Thursday night football. And, you know, we're like, it's like, dude, it's coaching, you know, and that was like, the guys had the trust in the coaching and, and just knowing that bill would put together this great game plan that, you know, my tight end coach was Brian Dable offensive coordinator with was Josh McDaniels. Brian Flores was a, was a linebacker coach. I mean, this, this Matt Patricia defensive coordinator, this coaching staff was obviously stacked with guys that knew the game, but you just trusted that coaching. And right now it feels like they're getting out coached a little bit, which yeah. is to me being in that locker room with Bill Belichick, being able to see him experience it, experience how they do the Patriot way. I never thought that you would say that, you know, th these guys are getting out coached. I kind of feel like maybe they're stuck in a different time and with the different rules and the different free agencies and stuff. It's just, you have to, you have to change and adapt. Clay Harbor has been our guest NFL analyst. Clay Harbs 82 is where you can find him on social. Clay, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Clay. Appreciate it, guys. Stay tuned. Primary complaint is next right here on Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our thanks to Clay Harper for joining us. Coming up uh, in about 40 minutes from now, Clay Travis will be on the show. Also got primary complaint just around the corner in minutes. Uh, stick to the Peabody location. Want some Yeehaw beer, Old Smoky Moonshine today, Chad? They've got the the autumn. They've got the autumn uh, wave of colors the out here now, which means we can try the new flavors that are in. This They've is the Old Smoky Fall collection. They have restocked since I was last here in the studio. Colors are definitely different. It was more of a summertime, uh, bright color. Yeah type look last yeah. week now i am seeing some more fall colors and the answer to your question is yes i uh, will we will have that new tastings we will have that new tastings hey uh we will have tom glavin on the show eventually we for a long we are big fans of his analysis uh on major league baseball and so much more he's a childhood hero of mine both yeah. he and john we, smoltz uh we, just uh, incredibly we jealous show. of dan dockich to have both john smoltz and tom glavin Correct. on his show because those are guys I worshipped growing up. The five aces, the Braves starting 
pitching staff, the rotation back in the early 90s, two of the five uh, terrific players, great analysts of the game. And uh, just gives his honest opinion and assessment on anything asked. He was on Don't At Me with Dan Dockers this morning, a, a chat that we recommend you go and find and, and see. And he was asked about the, the Trevor Bauer situation now in Major League Baseball coming from his view as a former pitcher and analyst of how Bauer, one of the top pitchers in the game as he ended his tenure in Major League Baseball, is now only able to pitch in Japan. And we certainly see what came to light with his video post about Lindsey Hill. Did baseball treat Trevor Bauer fairly? You know, I, I, it's a good question, and it's one that I struggle with. Like, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough of the details um, of Trevor's situation to say emphatically yes, one way or the other. They, they, they did, they did the right thing or did the wrong thing. My thing is always, you know, it's such a, it's a delicate balance and it's a delicate thing when something like this happens that, okay, and, and let's say in Trevor's case that, um, and again, I know something came down recently, I don't know the details of it, but let's say in a case with Trevor where, you know, you find out that there was no wrongdoing. Well, that's, that's a, essentially a three-year suspension that he's not getting back. He can't get that time back. He can't go back in time and, play, and, and, and be three years younger and play. So, you know, I think I think there needs to be a little bit of a conversation about, you know, how we handle these things, because in the end, there is a chance that, you know, the guys that are being accused didn't do anything wrong or, or they get found to not do anything wrong and you can't get that time back. So I'm, I'm not sitting here and suggesting that I know the answer, um, but I just feel for guys when they when they get into a situation like that, uh, you know, it seems like the, the, the knee jerk reaction immediately now is, oh, we have to do something because it's um you know it's kind of a hot topic issue so to speak but you know again the flip side of that is well what happens in the end if there was there was no wrongdoing found to have been done you can't get that time back trevor's been gone now for three years i know he's been playing over in japan i don't have any idea how he's done over there or whatever but listen when when all this went down he was he was a one of the better pitchers in baseball so you know, assuming he's uh, healthy and, and still able to pitch at that level, um, I would think somebody would be interested in taking a taking a flyer on him and see if he can go out there and help their team. But it's going to have to be a team that's prepared, like you said, to take on the court of public opinion because, you know, even though nothing's happened in this situation, uh, there's still going to be people that think that, oh, well, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a player like him just simply because he was accused of something. Let me ask you, for a guy that is young, for a guy that is, you know, he's just out there being a young dude with a high profile, how weird is it? How difficult is it on the road? How, how much are people coming at you, particularly women? I, I, you know, how is that life? Well, listen, I've said it more than once. I would not want to be playing any professional sport in today's world. Um, you know, listen, the money's great. <laughs> you know, it always gets better every generation. Uh, but the things that guys have to deal with today, uh, it's off the charts. You know, I mean, you can't go anywhere without somebody having a camera. You can't go anywhere without somebody videotaping. You know, it's getting to be more and more where you can't go out places without people knowing who you are. And they're trying to goad you into a situation that gets you in trouble. So um, it's difficult. You know, I mean, I know in my day, listen, it was you know, you could go out after the game and have a beer with the guys and for the most part, stay out of trouble. Every once in a while, you're going to have somebody that's going to come around and, and, and want to stir something up. But, um, you know, 
you walk away and you leave. Again, in today's world, uh, you know, a lot of those things are, are premeditated, right? It's like people see that, hey, there's a group of guys over there that play for whoever. Let's turn the phones on and let's send somebody over there and try and stir something up and get those guys going. And, you know, it happens, right? So I think that's why you see a lot of guys that play today, they never do anything. They never leave their hotel rooms. They never out in public. And, and I can't say that I blame them. Um, but, you know, even in my day when it wasn't, uh, cell phones everywhere, you know, you'd still run into the occasional situation where you're out to dinner with your family and somebody wants to, you know, sit down and, and basically have a conversation with you when you're, you know, you're out trying to have dinner with your family. And, you know, those things can get hard to deal with. So you imagine a situation like that now, and then as soon as that starts to escalate, there's five or six cell phones that are videotaping, and you can see where things get out of hand in a hurry. There's Tom Glavin on Don't At Me with Dan Dockage earlier today. Uh, and, and, Fantastic perspective. Chad, I, I, as he's saying all this, I'm thinking you got to go out in groups if you're doing that, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're fearful of this, um, with all the cameras being coaxed or uh, trying to be you know, trapped into a situation. And I'm also thinking about the quarterbacks who said, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm actually boring. I don't want to be on some Netflix documentary special for a year. I don't want people. I mean, from that perspective, everyone knows Travis Kelsey now. Yeah, Sports I mean, fans knew Travis Kelsey. Now everyone knows Travis Kelsey. Well, there's a you know there's a video also of uh, Taylor Swift in the suite where someone's filming her from below and she's yeah. looking right at the person like I see you filming me, you know the whole time. That just has to get so old. And what Tom Glavin is explaining there, you know, hey, back in the '90s, pre cell phone cameras, pre social media, you could go out as a team. And hang out. And yeah, you might have yeah. the guy who wants to stir up some problem. You just walk away and leave. But now it's 24-7, always someone could have eyes on you that's recording you. What you're saying, what you're doing at any time. Think about Rodman and, and, you know, leaving oh the team. Gosh. And think about Manziel in disguise yeah. going to gamble, going to the casino. Well, the whole thing is just, I mean, it's, it's difficult. Not that guys are trying to get away with anything. Right. It's difficult to just be yourself and go out and have fun. NFL quarterback's a great example. Everywhere you go, someone's going to get their phone out and try to get a photo of you, get a video of you in some way. I mean, it's just it's almost not worth it for any of these guys right. to do much of anything other than getting around a, a safe environment with people they know where they know that, hey, I'm not likely to be filmed here doing something. Other than that, it's just having people over to your house, I guess, is how you kind of unwind I guess. and do anything. It's tough to, to get out. It's, it's a phones. different world, and Glavin nailed it. Money's better, all of that, but he wouldn't want it. He's glad he played when he did because he didn't have to deal with cell phone cameras and social media and everything else the guys do today. And, that's and tying that back into Trevor Bauer, I mean, look at all the evidence that ended up exonerating him, but just by that claim – He's going to lose three years well, of his career. But, but what exonerated him? A ton of him? money. Texts and video. But here's the other thing about right? the exoneration. Most people aren't going to see the exoneration. They're only going to know through, the allegation. Yeah, through the settlement. There's yeah. no follow-up to it. People aren't going back. They just remember Trevor Bauer. Who's that? Oh, that was the sexual assaulter pitcher, right? They're not going to remember this part of the story. So that's not another unfortunate again. part of this. And the story continues if he's back in the league. Will, and will baseball allow that? Will, a, will an owner go after Trevor Bauer now uh, based on all of this? Uh, coming up in 30 minutes, Clay Travis will be with us right, right now. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. It's time for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. 
You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for Hot Mike's Primary Complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, Chad, you were uh, you were around. We were having a, a business dinner last week, and I took a call. I was on with the hotel chain because I just got back from Tampa, and I was trying to figure something out. And after going through the process for six, seven minutes on the call, confirmation numbers, what I was trying to do, uh, because for whatever reason, I had uh, two different stays booked simultaneously, and I was so confused with all of this. I then get transferred to a manager that can help me, quote-unquote. But the problem is, when I'm transferred to said person, that person is dumber than the one I was just talking to. And when I'm transferred, all of the information and discussion and my issue, confirmation numbers and prices, nights, when I'm checking out, all of that is not transferred with me. And it needs to be, because then I go through the second process again, and I still didn't have anyone that was able to figure out my said issue. I had to wait to do it with someone in person at the front desk. That's my primary complaint. I swear that in another life, I was uh, Ray Kroc of McDonald's. Uh, I've been watching Food That Built America, and I fashion myself as sort of a fast food icon that can solve all the problems of the fast food industry, and I have all the right ideas. It's you... And Augusta National that can solve those issues. Yeah, it's like, like the, the Disney world of, of, of fast it. food. So my primary complaint is this, and it's, it's very simple. It's enormous rectangular trays at fast food restaurants. I don't know why this was the industry standard for so long, but it really doesn't make any sense. Say you go to McDonald's and you get a Big Mac and a fry and a drink, and they put it on this tray that's enormous. They put it on a tray that's built for about five different meals to place on it. This is not practical for the individual. I recently saw a commercial with Arby's. Arby's gets it right. Circular tray for one meal. Perfect size to put a sandwich, whatever sandwich you want to get there, your curly fries, to put your dipping sauces, all on one tray that's circular. Meals are meant to be experienced in a circle, not rectangular. All fast food should go to the circular tray model, and the fact that they haven't already, and the fact that I'm the one with the big brains that has this idea, and not those that lead the industry, that is my primary complaint this week. Guys, my primary complaint is when you were sitting on the couch, you're lying in bed, and you have the remote with you. And you know you have the remote, but then you set the remote down, and the next thing you know, the remote is gone. It just vanishes. I don't know where it goes, but then it gets to the point to where you have to stand up, you have to lift everything off off the bed-wise, sheets, the blanket, everything, just to find the remote that was there. If you want to take it a step further, fortunately, I don't have kids at the moment, but I know they just take the remote, move it elsewhere, and then you find it three rooms down the hall for no particular reason. But losing the remote, it's like the worst thing ever. I'm going to go that far with it because then you're just like, you're just stuck. And so it's like, do I just keep watching this show? And that's pretty much the only option you have unless you actually take the time to stand up and find the remote. And that's my primary complaint. That's a problem. Another problem is when the remote falls, especially like the Fire Stick remote that's really small. Yeah, why are they so tiny? For the Amazon Fire Stick, when it falls into the crevice of a couch, 
Like I've got the couch where you you know you have the reclining, you know, lower the seat option. Very expensive. And then one. you put it next. Very very expensive. Yeah. Uh, of course. Of course. You put the remotes next to you though, and like I put one like on my stomach, and then I put two next to me, and then I the, if it falls off, I'm, uh, where'd it go? Then it gets in the crack of the couch. It's a whole ordeal. And I also like to watch TV in a cave with no lights on. So I'm watching in complete darkness, and then I can't find the remote because of said darkness. What these Chad are, means, he's discussing his home theater. These it's, are the first world problems for someone with a gigantic so home theater. It does like help myself. that you have the flashlight. Well, at least most people have the flashlight yeah. on their iPhone. I don't know, Chad, if your version had that feature It does, actually. It's very hard for me to find uh, on there. But like, I, my, my problem is the scroll up function on this iPhone 6. The scroll up to find the flashlight, it's, it's not easy. See, I'm, I'm not for like massive phones. I like the sleek, thin, small phones, right? If I have the option of buying the whatever the next level is, the plus version of the It's like the, the Motorola Razor? But I, I don't want a television remote that's the size of my middle school calculator watch. Yeah, either. the tiny ones you can't find. Yeah, I want something that is impossible to be lost in the crevice of a couch or a recliner. I want something a little weight to it like this. Yeah. Look at that. Listen to this. Coming up, Washington State, Oregon State could be losing more than a Power 5 conference, plus an update on Jonathan Taylor's playing status.